0: The world leader in Internet Talk Radio. You're listening to America's Voice. VoiceAmerica.com
1: Bon, et je suis une technicienne comptable accréditée avec l'IPBC. Je suis membre du conseil d'administration depuis l'automne 2014. Et cette année dernière, j'étais votre vice-présidente. J'habite à Gatineau, Québec, où je gère ma propre entreprise de tenue de livres. Good afternoon everyone. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Tracy Lampron. I have been a member of the IPBC since 2011. I own my own bookkeeping practice in Gatineau, Quebec. I have been on the board of directors since the fall of 2014 and this past year I filled the position as your vice chair. Today I'm up here to thank the regional developers They are members of the IPBC who dedicate their time and energy to help their peers grow their business. They have the daunting task of finding guest speakers that will be interesting and engaging to everyone. To volunteer for this position shows a true passion for our profession. And we thank them for their support in their local communities to help grow the IPBC. I would like to introduce you to the regional developers that are here today and I would ask them to stand when I read your names and stay standing until all names are read. We have Maggie Geyser from Vancouver, Shanine Humphrey from Lang- Langley, Fraser Valley, Jennifer Cohornen from Langley, Fraser Valley, Susan Nor- Norris from Nanaimo, Shirley Franklin from Victoria, Connie Sparks in Edmonton, Melissa Mikalski in Winnipeg, Beverly Higgins in Leamington, and Kimmy Lafayette in Toronto. Thank you ladies for doing an awesome job. Regional developers that were not able to attend this year are Linda Vogel in Ottawa, Linda Gale Poole in Calgary, Brenda Cross in Saskatoon, Penny Brando in Leamington, Tanya Hines in Mississauga, Judy Paquette in Sudbury, and Dave Green in Atlantic Canada we thank you as well. This afternoon, I also have the pleasure to thank two people that have been sitting in the front corner here to my right. Voice America Talk Radio Network is the leading producer, distributor, and online broadcaster of original live and on-demand talk radio programming worldwide and a pioneer in original live talk radio programming for the past 15 years. Robert is the senior executive producer of Voice America, producing 30 talk shows and responsible for the live events team. Robert travels the world but calls Cave Creek, Arizona, home of cowboys and caviar home. (laughs) Randy has been with Voice America for the past nine years. He was hired right out of high school as a board engineer and is now the production manager and travels mostly within Canada and the U.S., Randy lives in Ahwatukee, Arizona and is the proud father of two with one on the way, possibly while he's here at IPBC. Thank you, Robert and Randy, for taking part of IPBC Ignite 2016. We truly appreciate your support.
2: So... First, a little about me, and I'm going to have to... (laughs) No more pictures. (laughs) I'm going to move over here a little bit, because I want to... I've got some little gifts here for people, too. I love audience participation, good questions. Um, Anything that, that you want to talk about, anything you want to ask me, feel free to do so. I have this little thing, I don't know exactly... There's a funny-looking guy on the, on the front, but it does say something about, enjoy a drink on us. So uh, I think that might be of, uh, of value, of course, for tomorrow night's gala uh, event. So we, we have drink coupons. So anyways, I live in New Hampshire, about an hour from Boston. Um, I started in the accounting industry way back in 2004, so I was probably about 13 years old when I did that. Um, I spent nine years at Thomson, the RIA group, as part of uh, uh, tax information, those kinds of wonderful stuff. From there, I moved on to CCH. I spent 11 years at CCH. I ran all of uh, sales and marketing for CCH for about six or seven years, uh, but in total I was there for about 11 years, mostly in the U.S., I didn't have much involvement with Canada, though I worked with the Canadian folks and I, and I still see them and occasionally communicate with the folks up in Canada who work for CCH. Then I spent a couple years at Intuit working with the top 500 accounting firms before coming over to SAGE in uh, August of 2015 uh, to do what I'm doing today. So basically more than 20 years of experience working with accounting professionals like yourself in various capacities. Uh, One of the most favorite things I do is is coming to conferences and talking to you folks and listening to what you have to say. So please, now that you know who I am, come and talk to me. Um, I enjoy golf, skiing, and boating. I'm a huge Boston Red Sox fan. Sorry, Toronto. (laughs) What what timing? I couldn't have done it. I couldn't have planned this any better. Uh, I'm also a New York Giants fan, which is kind of odd being in, uh, in Boston area, um, and of course an avid fly fisherman, just, <laughs> just t- took this picture last week in, uh, in Utah, uh, Green River, 21-inch brown trout, awesome. <laughs> I'm headed to Jackson Hole in a couple of days to do some more of that, so... Um, Once our fiscal year ends. (laughs) So anyways, a little bit about my team. Um, We are truly the new Sage Accountant Solutions team. Um, We are now more than 50 strong, focused only on accounting professionals. I'm looking at adding 20 more heads, 20 more people over the next several months just to help support the end-to-end migration uh, for for you and your clients. A lot of what we do today is, is working with you, but we're putting bodies in place to actually do the work for you so you don't have to do the work when you're migrating clients to one of our solutions. Two primary locations in North America, right here in Richmond, not far from, the, from where we are right now, and Atlanta, which is now our North American headquarters. And something new um, that, we've been, that we introduced at Sage Summit uh, a solution for every client that you might have, but also we're talking about a different way of looking at your clients, from startup to scale-up to enterprise. And when you're talking startup, that could you could you could have a client in startup for several months, several years, but they have to be somewhere. They're either starting their business, trying to get profitable. They're growing their business, scaling up to be bigger than they are right now, or they're already at the enterprise level. And we have solutions on either side of that spectrum. We have hybrid solutions, which is uh, our Sage 50 cloud product, 100, 300 cloud product. And we have total cloud-only solutions in Sage 1, Sage Live, and X3. So how do we work with you? We have local sales reps. We have inside sales reps we have customer support people, we have accountant advocates, we have product specialists, and we have customer success coaches. So if you need help, if you have a question, we have a myriad of people who can help you, as well as those of us are here today. We haven't reduced the number of people we have to support the accounting professionals, we've increased it. So please, if you, if you have a question, if you need support, If you wondered what happened to someone that you used to work with, come to us. We'll give you someone else who is obviously there to help you as well. So today's journey, I'm going to talk. I've got a, I've got a little bit of leeway in terms of how fast or how slow I can go. (laughs) You know? Yes. Do you have any
1: um, satisfaction ratings on your support services to professionals?
2: Yeah, we 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 do a what we call NPS scores on on. And those come out all the time on our on our ability to support our customers. And right now, uh, our NPS scores in North America, especially in Canada, are the highest in the country for uh, for overall support with our customers. But good question. Thank you. Yes. Oh, you just want to drink coupon. I do. <laughs> For support, am I calling someone in Canada or in the US? You could be calling in either location. So if I have a tax question that's Canada related, how is the guy in the US going to know him? We'll, we'll route you to the right person.
1: Okay.
2: Yeah. And, you know, through the typical crazy dial three for this. Yeah, I know. But that's the only way we can do it. We have to we have to make sure we get the right person on the line for you. Absolutely. Alright, so today's journey. We're going to talk about the future is now. Um, I'm going to talk about the future is now. This is something that we've been talking about, firm of the now and those kinds of things. We're going to talk a little, about, a little bit about future of the professions. I'm going to bring up my colleague, Ed Kless, and we're going to give you a glimpse of what we did at SAGE Summit with an author named Daniel Suskind, And then we're going to finish up talking a little bit about partnering with SAGE. So. I think it'll be interesting. You may not, you may agree, disagree with things that I say. I'm absolutely ready to talk anytime about what's on your mind. So the future is now. You know, I couldn't resist to put this in here. I don't know if he's in the room. Is he? Hey, Ron, are you in the room? Because I got to get your autograph. So anyways, Ron wrote the book, Firm of the Future, in 2003, and he says, you know what, if you're not there now, you're in big trouble. There he is. (laughs) He knew I was going to put this slide up. So um, really what we're talking about here is, you know, in 2003, what did things look like? I mean, really, um, you know, the book was written pre, I would say, cloud. I don't even think we talked about cloud back then. We may have talked about the Internet. We really weren't talking about cloud, and we certainly weren't talking about cloud accounting. Uh, but there were a lot of things that were far less powerful back then. We didn't have the speed we have today in our wireless connections. Um, I looked at this and said, can you imagine this? P- these people today, people like me, using technology today, waiting 12 minutes to transfer one gigabyte of data? <laughs> That would, be, that would be something I would never do again, right? Today it takes five seconds to transfer one gigabyte of data. And this, this goes to the whole technology situation. It's only going to continue to evolve and get more and more powerful, you know? And, and there's other things. I'm not going to spend time on each one of these, but there's another thing too. Social media didn't even... Go mainstream until after the book was written. I mean, YouTube, 2005, Facebook and Twitter, 2006, LinkedIn, 2003, right around the same time. So this book is more about business model change than it is about being in the cloud or um, social media or anything like that. And I think that's important distinction, and it's important as I go through this firm of the now, or firm of now discussion. How many people still have clients they support on desktop? I don't have enough drink
0: coupons.
2: (laughs) Sorry, I thought nobody did, based on what I hear these days. No. So why? Why do you still have clients on desktop? Yeah. So one at a time. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Well, I don't think that. Cloud accounting software online is quite as
3: sophisticated
2: still. No, right, you got one of my five. I'm not going to give up the answers until I get them all. What else? Not every client can use cloud accounting for, like, say, inventory purposes. You mean they may have a, a really lousy internet connection where they are?
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> they don't like the security. They sure don't like the security. What else? Thank you. functionality desktop still superior That's a new one That's a new one. You get a you get a drink coupon for that. Yes. Anything else? All right, I'll give the I'll give some of the answers out. Local internet connectivity, I talk to people, say, you know what, I would love to put my clients in the cloud, but I have, they have terrible internet connection. They would not be happy. Security issues in the public cloud, certainly we hear about that enough. Potential of hackers getting to your data and your clients' data. Um, how do I get my data back? Well, I hear this all the time. So if uh, I choose to leave, how do I get my data? Who owns the data? That's a question we get all the time. And one I hadn't heard before, but what I was reading through some information, and some people are actually worried about the cloud accounting company going out of business. What happens then? So there's a lot of reasons why it's practically impossible. You know, I've, I've heard from thought leaders that, you know, by 2000, I think it was three, four years ago, in five years, all desktop will be gone. You know, these prognosticators... Good thing they don't get paid on those predictions, because it's not gone, and there's reasons why it's not gone. It's not—it's not that the, there's 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 a problem with the cloud. It's not just not for everybody yet. So, and that's fine. You should be doing what's best for your client. But all we hear about is the cloud. All we hear about is the cloud, and that's all. I have a whole team of people. All they do is sell cloud solutions. So, they're probably wondering what's he going to say next. But but it's true. It's All we talk about is the cloud. But if you think about how many new vendors are in our space that are cloud only, look at them all. Now, how many new vendors do we have in our space that are desktop only? Anybody answer that? None! Well, you're going to have a fun time tonight. <laughs> None! Nobody's coming into this space to sell desktop solutions in the accounting industry. And that's why all, a lot of the talk is around the cloud. When, when we look at the cloud, when I look at the cloud, I don't look at the cloud as a strategy. Please, if someone says, what's your cloud strategy? Cloud is not a strategy, it's an enabler. It'll enable you to build a strategy. And that strategy has to include potential business model change as well. You know, we'll talk about it some more, but... Time, versus you know, price, hours, time, time sheets, all that stuff is an inhibitor to what you want to be with your clients if you want to be an advisor to your clients. They won't want to pick up the phone and call you every time they have a problem if they're going to get charged by the hour every time they pick up the phone and call you. It also enables collaborative accounting, which allows you to share data with your clients. And the cloud is an enabler to allow that to happen. It gives you business insight 24-7. Again, not a strategy, an enabler. It allows you to move from more of a compliance-oriented work with your clients to more reliance. You want them to be more reliant on you as as their advisor. Notice I said advisor twice, and I never said trusted advisor. I hate that. You are all trusted. How many people have clients that don't trust you? (laughs) Who said that? Who said they wouldn't be a client? Exactly. They wouldn't be your client if they didn't trust you. You are all trusted advisors. Can I get an amen? You are all trusted advisors. You don't need to become a trusted advisor. What you would want to consider, though, is why not be a strategic advisor? Be more of a strategic advisor to your clients. I think that's what we really want to talk about. That's really what sets you apart, and that's really what's going to make you future-ready today. So what's the number one reason why small businesses leave their accounting professional? Nice try. (laughs) It's close. It's close. Number one reason why... SMBs leave their counting professional.
3: Oh yeah, I like that mug. I'm gonna, I'm, you know what,
2: where's Letitia? Let's order a bunch of them. They're not keeping up with te- technology. Oh Deborah, I gotta give you a drink coupon. It's not what I was looking for, but close enough. So let me give you the answer, because it's important. Oh,
1: um, if, if they don't, don't look. Know, no, if, I'm, I'm not even looking. If, if they don't know their numbers, how can
2: they make decisions? Well, that's true, too. But actually, the number one reason why small businesses leave their accounting professional is because they don't give proactive advice, only reactive service. Kind of telling, right? i got to tell you a story. I, I was in Ed's presentation on Wednesday, and he was talking about don't... Tell them you're busy. Don't always tell them you're busy. Great, you're busy. That's awesome. I'm going to tell you a real life story about a friend of mine who runs a business. He's a CEO of about a $5 million business. I was playing golf with him and he was telling me how he just hired a group of advisors to come in and help him take his business to the next level, really consult with him on doing all the right things to move to the next level in his business. And I said... And he he said he paid them six figures to come in and do that. And I said, well, did you ask your accountant to help you? He said to me, no, he's really busy. (laughs) True story. That accountant never got a call, never got the request for a proposal because he was too busy. So piling on what Ed said, don't tell him you're always busy. So a good friend of mine and someone I've worked with for many years is Gary Boomer, who is Boomer Technology. I think Gary wrote an article back in uh, December of last year talking about what is the firm of today, the firm of now, which will, be, which will continue to be successful and future ready. And this past year at Boomer Summit, they talked about what they see coming in the future. And we're going to talk a little bit about the future later. <laughs> what? Oh, that.
3: <laughs>
2: See, this is going to be simple. We're going to make things simple. This is, this is the new, you know, let's face it, tax is going to be Uberized sooner or later, right? So, anyways, no, I'm just kidding. So, I, yeah, I, I kind of like that too. So, a um, couple of things on this the shrinking of compliance work, that's why I put that image up there. Uh, more towards consultative and advisory services, Uh, struggles between older and younger generation accountants who want to see change, the younger ones, want to move to the new model. CPA firms and accounting professionals will be less reliant for revenue from their more traditional services and and more as they more and more get commoditized. Instead, they'll move more towards value-added services. I think this is pretty much things you've heard before but clearly happening uh, even as we speak. So, what's causing a lot of this? We, we know, again, not a slide you haven't seen before, probably, but there's two types of trends and disruptions in the marketplace. One of them is technology, and you know, acceleration of digital capabilities, a leading disruptor, whether it's social, mobile, cloud, big data. AI, I'm gonna to talk to you a little bit about AI. Um, as artificial intelligence comes into play, 24 7 anytime access to information. The need for a different economic model. Let's face it, hours times dollars is not sustainable. Clients are concerned about those fees each time they call. Cloud is automating many tasks that you folks do today. And accounting software is getting, boy, I'll tell you, I can't tell you how many companies are telling small businesses they don't need you anymore. You can can do your accounting on your own. You don't need, you don't need, you don't need, we can, we've, our product is so easy to use, anybody can use it. (laughs) There you go. That is true. But if you look at some of these companies up there that have been major disruptors, did they use any new technology to become a major disruptor? Is any of the technology they're using now, things that they created and nobody else has? No, really, it's the same technology that we all have. They just created a business model that I don't know what Uber's market cap is anymore. I don't, it's crazy, crazy number, right? And all they did was they, they used technology, but it was their business model that changed the game for them. And so that's, that's where we see you know, the technology disrupting things more on the business model side than actually in the technology itself. So if you can figure out a new business model on something, you you can be very successful. I haven't been successful yet, but I'll think of it. So um, there's also trends on the talent acquisition side or the retention side. Let's face it. Recruiting top talent is more competitive. Uh, There's a shifting needs in the workforce, especially among the millennials. You know, those folks that we all wonder... What the hell they really are talking about? <laughs> you know, compared to the baby boomers, millennials, many with children are far, twice as likely to have spouses working full-time. Definite shift in the, in the marketplace. For that, it means a growing number of, of firms need to really take into consideration work-life balance, work-life integration. And, of course, the continued retirement of the workhorse generation, baby boomer, leads us to the millennials. And this is from Time Magazine. What millennials really want is flexible work schedules. They want more me time on the job. They want nonstop feedback and career advice. And what they really, really want to do is wear jeans to work. That's really all they want to do. And I almost wore jeans for the presentation. I should have. So, and they have, they have a message. They have a message for everybody who are in the, is the older generation. They, they're speaking louder now. They're gonna be in bigger numbers as we move forward. 22 million by 2030. They, they want you to look beyond the billable hour. They want you to focus more on career development. They want you to engage them in the vision and purpose of the business. More coaching and mentorship. More frequent feedback. More leadership development. I have millennials who work for me. I hear that more than anything. More leadership development. More transparency. Say thank you more often. And more collaboration and more focus on the future. So there's a lot of things disrupting the market, the accounting profession. There's technology and there's, there's people too. It's a big part of this. You can't ignore it. So how does this impact bookkeepers? This is the area where you don't throw things at me. Okay, please don't throw things at me. Technology will disrupt bookkeepers even more. Okay, data entry is rapidly being reduced or eliminated. Steps in the old process are rapidly being reduced or eliminated. Clients want real-time information, not month-end reports. Artificial intelligence is making tasks easier. The cloud-based ecosystem is addressing automation in all areas of small business. Practically every area, if not all. Your opportunity is to change your mindset. You have a choice. We find that when faced with change, people fall into four areas. They either are frustrated and underperforming, I just want to get to retirement. Why do I have to change now? They are focused on growth. And they really don't care about anything else. It's all about growth. They're measuring against conventional success. They're still keeping score based on old uh, methods. Or they're excited about being a transformation agent and game changer. And so you have choices. You can make your choices on where you want to be. Even at Sage, we're going to put pressure on on innovation as well. We're we're adding to um, that ability for small businesses to, uh, to do their job even better and I don't know if anybody noticed this little thing popping up here and there during my presentation. Anybody notice it? All right. That's Peg. Anybody heard, have you guys familiar with Peg? Peg is our chatbot, the first ever in the accounting industry chatbot that allows you to talk to your accounting system via text messaging. As a matter of fact, you could actually do things with, chat, with, with PEG. You can ask for information from your accounting system. You can pay a bill through your accounting system. You can collect something through your accounting system. You can talk to it. It is artificial intelligence and will know. If you, for example, say, pay, pay Ray 50 bucks, I'll give you my address, but it'll ask... <laughs> What address do you want me to send the check to? And you give the address, it'll say, thank you very much. Check is on the way. Done. You don't have to open up the accounting system. You don't have to go to the web to find the URL. You don't have to go through the... You just have to use our chat bot to talk to your accounting system. And it will be integrated with Sage One in the next 30 or 60 days. So we're making life even easier for small business. So how do you assess your now readiness? So here's a, some questions, maybe this is a scorecard for you guys as well. What is your vision and is it shared by everyone in your firm? You know, how do you want to proceed? What's your plan to go forward? And speaking of plan, how do you want to leverage the cloud? 61% of small businesses are yet only 10% of accounting firms, bookkeeping firms, are actually using an online or cloud solution to collaborate with their clients. It's a big gap, right? Who's in charge of innovation? Probably each one of you, right? But think about how innovation is impacting you and how you can leverage innovation going forward. Who's in charge of your pricing strategy? Value, price, I mean we've heard a lot about this, but what are we doing about it? I think bookkeepers are probably ahead of the game when it comes to this. Does your firm have a plan to grow client advisory services? So our pulse survey we ran, which was quoted by uh, Barry Mellicon in a speech, accounting professionals are still the number one source of business advice for small businesses, small, medium enterprise. Still the number one source, accounting professionals. So the question is, are you folks ready to play above the line? So, you know where the line is, right? There's the line. Let me talk a little bit about what we mean by above. I work with Gary Boomer again to build this this slide because it's really telling. So, on the left, you have services, and then you have your levels. Level one, compliance. Notice the, um, I don't know, does this work? Yeah. Notice the one, this is kind of like a restaurant guide, you know, single low price, two middle price, three high priced. Same thing, same thing here. So you have level one. You have level two, which is advisory performance, which actually helps them build their business, gives them business advice. And then the third level is strategic advisory services. You're helping them really grow their business and move to the next level. You're involved with a lot of different things. You may be involved with tr- strategic planning, succession planning, M&A, that type of thing. What we find, though, is most accounting professionals really are... Technical advisors today, they're great at looking in the rear, view. well, you guys are great at looking in the rear, we talked about it the other day, in order to get to the to the advisory stuff, you have to have the right data, you have to have the right information, you are flawless on nearly when looking in the rear view mirror, you get the data right, you do, and you are therefore a technical advisor, to play above the line, you got to go kind of looking more out the front window of the car, what's going to happen next, how can I help my client become more of a business advi- become more of a, a, a help them be- with more business advice and help them run their business better. And then when you get to the next level, you're talking strategic advisor. That's a theme today. Not a trusted advisor. You are trusted. A strategic advisor. Foresight, progress, insight, progress, hindsight, perfection. Level one, level two, level three. What we find, as I mentioned, is you folks live down here a lot, and you make random visits into the uh, consulting area above the line. And I think what we're seeing is a need for this profession to start looking at more ways to play above the line. I asked Joe Woodard to, to give me a comment on what does he think bookkeepers should be looking at at this point. And he said, you know what, bookkeepers need to make a huge investment in intellectual capital, expanding their subject matter expertise And being able to analyze financial analytics, measurements, operations and management. Again, playing above the line. This is where the big opportunity exists. So, where is the opportunity for change? Short term, technology will continue to create more efficiencies for you folks to deploy strategically. It's just going to keep happening. We're doing it, everybody's doing it. You, You will deploy those strategies and you will deploy them strategically. Pricing advantage. This is where I think you folks have an advantage over the accounting, accounting firms. You have the ability to move quickly to a new pricing model. You can bill your customers differently. You can do things differently. I'm questioning whether a top 100 accounting firm can actually move to value pricing. They live so much by the timesheet. Every metric, every, everything that they measure is based on that timesheet. It's really going to be hard for them. I think you folks can get there a lot quicker. Accounting professionals become more savvy at tying front-end systems to G.L. This is important because what's being put out in the marketplace today, some of the solutions allow for you you to be the major bookkeeper, keep all the books, but you're going to provide dashboards to your clients. They can see the data. they They can be right there every day running their business with the information you can supply to them. And this is going to become more and more, and and we're going to start seeing it expand into other verticals. Today it's really prevalent in the services industry. We can see it moving into wholesale, manufacturing, and construction as well. It has to. Technology just doesn't stop. Long term, automation will displace much of the traditional bookkeeper tasks. We're already seeing it. Bank feeds, auto scanning, bank rec, leads, all of this to touchless accounting. A phrase you may not have heard before, but it's touchless accounting. What we're seeing is the ability for things just to happen without you having to go into the system and make them happen. Touchless accounting is the future. Bookkeepers will need to use business analytics products like SageView and Sage Intelligence to really help them deliver more value to their clients. You know, Let's face it, you're going to have to move away from just delivering financial data to interpretation of that data. Real-time, always-on accounting data and dashboards. BPO has become very, very popular in the US. I don't know, if I'm sure it's moving, it's popular, it will be popular, if not already, here in Canada. And what that means is, you do the bookkeeping for your client, they have the data, they have the information to run their business. And then you charge them for that, and they don't have to necessarily have a cloud accounting solution in their office. They're going to do, if you're going to do all the bookkeeping, it's called business process outsourcing. You do the whole thing. They get user IDs that they can look at dashboards on mobile devices. What they get is instant information every day. They don't have to wait. They don't have to go ask for an ad hoc report in their finance department to see where we are today. They'll have that information right at their disposal 24-7, becoming even more of an opportunity. This is a new line of business that bigger firms in the US are jumping on, and it's actually backed by the AICPA as well. Bookkeepers will turn to role, biz- role as business coach. This is what I, I, I see as a huge opportunity. Provide insight to help your clients grow, look out the front window, advisory services equal higher profit margin, and ultimately become that strategic advisor. This is where I think it's all going. How am I doing? Ooh, all right. Let me, let me talk quickly about the future of the profession. We, um, we had D- Daniel Susskind at Sage Summit, and Ed Kless worked really closely with him. What I'd like to do here is give you a, a glimpse of what we talked about at Sage Summit, and, and we've got an interview with Daniel. Uh, he's not in the room, but you will see him. Um, and talk a little bit about a couple of key questions that Ed asked
0: him, so I'm gonna turn it over to Ed. Sound, oh yes, he's on. Always happens, doesn't it? Uh, And actually, in the interest of time, we've got a couple of different uh, interview questions that I had the opportunity to talk to Daniel about, and there's a couple queued up, but we're running short on time. So I'm going to jump, actually, to the the last question that I asked him, which is, why change? And uh, I I think I can run it here, Ray, is that way? Oh, you can just go, thanks, good. All right, right here. So let's listen. And lastly, Daniel, why do you think it's imperative for accountant, accounting professionals to make that or begin to make this transformation now,
3: rather than waiting and seeing? I think I think there's I think there's two main reasons. Uh, the first is that in writing the book, we performed about a uh, hundred interviews with both traditional professionals, so traditional accountants, and traditional doctors and lawyers and teachers and so on but we also perform those interviews with people outside the professions with people in institutions who are trying to use technology to solve the sorts of problems that traditionally only professionals have solved but try and do it in a very different way and if I'm honest I think some of the most exciting change across the professions has been taking place outside the professions Mm. uh and um a phrase that me and my co-author like to use the competition that kills you doesn't look like you Mm. um the i think for most professions the real threat is coming from those outside the profession who uh aren't committed to a traditional conception of professional work and are using technology now rather than waiting uh to transform the way in which they work so that's that's the first thing just the there are already people outside the professions trying to solve the problems that you're solving using technology in different ways. Uh, The second is that, and this is probably the most, I think the most important point, is that there is no finishing line in technology. Um, There's no sense in which people in Silicon Valley at the moment are sort of dusting their hands and saying, (laughs) you know, job done. Things aren't going to slow down. And uh, delaying, I think, in light of that, in light of the fact that not only are things not only slowing down, but they are growing Uh, increasingly. And we spend time in the book trying to understand what's happening to technology. One of the interesting things is that we're seeing explosive growth in processing power, data storage capability and bandwidth, and then in the capability of all these machines, their ability to perform lots of different tasks. This stuff isn't slowing down. And again, those who do want to, um, to wait, I think, the longer that they wait, the, the more on the back foot they'll, they'll be.
0: Great. Well, thanks. This has been fascinating stuff. Again, folks, the book is The Future of the Professions. I have my signed copy here. Thank you, Daniel. Because of that, How Technology Will Transform the Work of Human Experts. Daniel, thanks for being with me. Thank you very much for having I think this is a, a, just a fascinating phrase, this notion that the competition that kills you doesn't look like you. And I, and I think that's, that's something that we all have to take into account. And the book is brilliant, so I highly recommend that you do this. We will make all five parts of this interview that I did with Daniel available to you so that you can read through it and digest it in, in the five different segments. And I'm happy to have conversations with you about it. Just one quick thing, just happenstance. Um, Ron Baker and I happen to be doing a, a workshop on the future of the professions with a group of mostly mid-market partners from SAGE in Niagara Falls, Canada. Woo! Uh, sorry, that's Horseshoe Falls, sorry. Uh, and and <laughs> I was getting my translation right then, And it is it, in October, so if you're interested, I've got a couple of flyers on that, but the, I think re- really the important thing is to note that uh, what kills you doesn't look like you. And that's, that's the thing I think we all have to, to, to keep in mind. So read the book. We'll talk about the interviews. Ray, back to you because we got a Thanks, couple Ed. more things you want to talk. All right. I purposely
2: put this up so you guys can take a look at this because, I, you know, this just happened. I don't know if you noticed this big news flash came over this morning. Are you guys reading the newspaper? It's here. Today, accounting services become on demand and commoditized. Traditional firms are going out of business because they can't attract clients via traditional means. You know, the firms that survive are now going to be forced to go online in a marketplace to actually sell their services. Clients have no reason to be loyal anymore. You know, they can hire a new accountant with just the tap of an iPhone. Good stable jobs are being harder to find um, for accountants, and now chaos is ensuing. It's really bad. The future is now. That isn't happening yet, but believe me, The same thing that that Daniel said is kind of what Barry Melikon said as well. If you think your competition is the CPA firm down the street, you're missing the real threats. It's not even close. Competition is no longer defined by the traditional ground rules. Uberization, there's companies out there, they're trying to Uberize accounting because they can. It's going to be hard for them to do it, but they're out there. And you know what, they're not gonna go away. We didn't review the the slide from from Daniel on think tasks, not jobs, but think about this for a second. Don't think in terms of jobs. Think in terms of the tasks that you do. Because some of those tasks will be eliminated by robots, uh, AI, technology. They'll be commoditized. We won't need accounting professionals to keep score anymore. We will need their knowledge and insight to help small businesses grow. Embrace that personal touch over just straight-up bookkeeping. Because what makes an accounting professional great is that effectiveness with compliance, getting it right every time. What makes them great is offering business advice to their small, medium clients and offering that capability for consulting. That's what makes the accounting professional great. So, my uh, my point, obviously, don't don't stick your head in the sand. That you don't want to expose your butt. <laughs> so, moving on quickly, I know I've only got a few minutes. So, let me talk a little bit about what we're building to partner and help you folks. Um, we're we're putting together a new partner program for accounting professionals. Um, today, it's it's all about building your knowledge. Helping you simplify your life and grow your practice. It's a true partner program. It's free to join. It benefits start immediately. There's four tiers authorized, silver, gold, platinum. Today it's for cloud products only. So it, 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 by, by April 1st, 2017, it will include Sage 50C, 100C, and 300C. It's firm level partner agreement, not an individual. So you don't have to have individuals in your firm with different certification levels to get this program. It's, your, it's a firm level agreement. So it's based on what your firm does. It is a true partner program. It's easy to join. You can look up, you can get on our website and join right through here. There's a, there's a link for accounting professionals. You can see it. Um, it's free to join. We have a partner portal. There's Peg again. I like Peg. A community where you can track what's going on with other partners and other accounting professionals. Um, it's, a, it's, it's, it's our community portal for our, for our partners. In that also is a referral program where you can put in referrals that will go to us if you want us to, as a referral, and we'll track your referral and how well you're doing so that you can get. You can move your status up, your tiers up, and your certificate, on your partner program levels. So we have all of that, and that's all available to you. And then again, by April of 2017, we will have full integration with Sage Accountants Network, and there's a high probability that that term, Sage Accountants Network, will disappear in favor of Sage Partner Program for Accounting Professionals. So that's kind of where we're headed in the end. You know, we're, we're looking at more, more technology. We now have a Sage integration cloud, which makes it easier for you to connect to app companies and others. Just check a box and you're there. Um, you know, very, very easy for us, very easy for you to, to add applications to our accounting software. And finally, we do a lot of things it to, to help the accounting professionals. We have consulting webinars, like Ed does, How to Sell Your Brain, you know, how to really sell the consulting that you can do. We have complimentary products like Sage Match, Impact and Value. It doesn't cost you anything to get involved in these things. We have training workshops in Sage University, uh, Partner Portal again. Uh, we have our new customer success team that's going to provide an end-to-end migration support for you and your clients. Um, we have hybrid solutions. We have which are 50C, the private cloud that we offer, 50Cloud, and Sage One integration with Sage 50C. Um, and then we have total cloud solutions as well. So we do wanna help you work with clients and make sure they get what they need, make your life easier. And that's all I've got. All right, thank you everyone. Thank you. Appreciate the time.